Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier is sponsored by Soul Shepherding. We're thankful to our donors who provide this ministry to thousands of people each week. We're so glad you're joining our conversation. Today's podcast is part of a mini-series on courage. To have courage is to have a brave spirit in difficulty, danger, or pain. The Lord urges us in Deuteronomy 31.6 of the Message Version, Be strong, take courage, because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. We all face difficult circumstances and need to take courage from the Lord and the soul shepherds He provides us. We pray you can take courage from this episode of Soul Talks. Hey, friends. So glad to have this Soul Talk with you. And hopefully you're listening with a friend or you'll be uh, processing afterwards with a friend because life is better together. Amen. (laughs) I'm glad to be with you right now, Christy, and be teaming here. Thank you. It's a privilege for me, too. I wish all of you who are listening now could see Christy's radiant face. Oh, (laughs) thanks, honey. I'm basking in the glow. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, and so we are continuing a series here on courage, and we'll be talking today about success is not sufficient. And we're thankful for a new soul shepherding friend uh, named Randy who found soul shepherding by doing an uh, internet search on identity in Christ. And Randy has a long history as a a successful Christian radio DJ, and uh, it's currently a small church pastor serving the Lord that way. And uh, he uh, came to us and he said, you know, in church, like in Christian radio, we entertain people. Uh, But Soul Shepherding shows us how to become more like Jesus. And that was a big uh, turning point for him to move from just the the entertainment more into the realm of apprenticeship to Jesus in the kingdom of God. And Randy's been delighting in uh, learning the easy yoke with us. And he's... he's, I love it. He he says he and his church members talk about it. We're easy yoking. Yeah. Yeah, Rather than getting all stressed out and hurried and, and, and harried... Uh, getting getting in tune with Jesus, uh, walking cadence with Him, and uh, doing His work in His way, in His time, in makes his it a power. lot better. Yeah, sure does. Makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and Randy's done some some good work with uh, losing weight, and uh, has been talking about sort of the emotion, emotional aspects of of eating, and bringing that into his discipleship to Jesus to be healthier. Uh, as he seeks the Lord and pastors people, and he says uh, a big takeaway for him in our our soul shepherding uh, apprenticeship program that he's in is that Jesus is the way, and who we really are is in the nooks and crannies of everyday life. That is true. The nooks and crannies of everyday life is where we run into our true self. And that's really the measure of success. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about success is not sufficient, and we're putting the word success in quotes there because, you know, I think we all want to be a success, but we easily get off track of what that really means, even though maybe we know better. And so something that I always do to remind myself when I'm feeling like I'm not successful enough or like I'm um, even like I'm failing is I'll tell myself, well, Bill, remember now that the great commandment is your great relief. Mm, 
That, I, I love that. And I've taken heart from you with that and remind myself of that too. And it is true. It is a great relief. But, you know, you and I have been traveling with this understanding for a while. Uh, unpack it a little bit more for somebody who this is the first time they've had this thought. This is a new thought. Well, Jesus reduced uh, not only the uh, great uh, Decalogue of Ten Commandments that God gave Moses but also reduced all of the laws of the Old Testament, hundreds and hundreds of them, down to one. One great commandment with two sides, that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength and love our neighbor as ourself. See, So loving God, loving neighbor, two sides of the same coin, that's what life is about. That's what the law is about. And so there's so many things that we might expect of ourselves uh, in life and in ministry, but this is the one thing. How am I doing with overflowing with God's love to my neighbors, the people who are around me in life and in work uh, as I go about my day? And so focusing on that, brings you relief. How does it bring you relief? Because I look at relationships. I look at um, people. And uh, I ask, well, what, what is the Lord doing here? And uh, who am I having the opportunity to, to listen to, to encourage? And uh, who, who is pressing in closer to Jesus around my body? And uh, to pray for those people, to be available to those people, to ask the Lord how I can care for them, how I can guide them to Jesus, how I can use my particular gifts as a counselor, as a writer, as a teacher, to, to bless these people and to find my significance in this work. So it reorients you from the things that you think you have to do in order to be successful? Yeah, because the temptation for me would be to say, okay, Bill, if you're successful, then you're going to write a, a great book that's going to be picked up by a Christian publisher and sell tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of copies, because this is what you should do for the Lord, because God has given you this gift. You have this, this platform with soul shepherding, so you know, get out and, and do it. And it's like half true. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of truth in that. But there's an, there's an attitude in that, that that Satan can get a hold of mm-hmm. to tempt me with and pressure me and discourage me and, and get me feeling like I'm failing because I haven't, I haven't done that. In spite of the gifts I have, in spite of what God has given me, I haven't been able to, to do that. Or maybe it's more true that God hasn't called me or provided for that at this time in my life. And so setting aside that, that pressure... And that urgency that I got, I got to get out and accomplish that and say, you know, what's more important right now is I'm writing letters from Papa to Jenny, our daughter, who is pregnant with our first grandchild. And so taking a few hours each week to write a letter from my heart about um, child development, about child psychology, uh, the development of faith and spirituality, about the importance of bonding and relatedness and how God's in that, and, and all the stuff that we've learned uh, 
and of course, of raising our children, but uh, as doctors of psychology for uh, three decades almost now, <laughs> seems crazy to say, <laughs> but a long time. We've been in the pool of pain with people and, uh, and then our soul shepherding ministry the last decade. And so how can I, in little, little stories and little um, uh, affectionate thoughts from my heart for, for our daughter and our, our granddaughter, who's due and, uh, real soon here, and, and just to, I'm loving my neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's significant. So reminding myself that's that's important. That's success. Yes, and so that's a relief versus all the ideations and visions and things that you put on yourself that you think you should be successful in. Yeah, and for the pastor, it's just endless. More more people in the church. You know, more people downloading the sermon from. The website, more uh, leaders that are being uh, mentored and developed, and and that's why there's this this important truth in this statement: success is not sufficient, because it's true that there it, it'll never feel sufficient as we go out after it. When we achieve whatever we think is the successful endpoint, then we find that there's a new one a new goal, a new definition of success that we're, we're striving towards. And that's a good thing that we would have a new goal and that we would have a new sight as to what, how we can serve the Lord. But the pressure that we put on ourselves, the judgment that we put on ourselves, the comparison, that's, that's not good. And, you know, ego gets involved there. Uh, we, we find ourselves in a hurry and it, 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 uh, we, we get off track. And there, there's no end to it because there's always there's always a possibility of more. And when that's what we're uh, aiming towards, we're just inevitably going to be left empty. And so then we're just, just chasing that, that dog around the track, you know, which is that, that greyhound running after the, uh, uh, the rabbit, the dog chasing the rabbit. You, you, you know, you just never, uh, it's never satisfying, except the, you get a sort of feeling of being satisfied when, in the chase when you're you're trying to reach the the pinnacle that you think is going to make you happy but when you reach it you're not happy and so then you go after the next one Jesus talked to us in the parable he confronted this thinking with the bigger barns yeah. <laughs> talking about building bigger barns you know we always want to build the bigger barn yeah and so sometimes what we do because you know as Christians we're we're aware that life isn't about these outward successes and that the true success is is in our discipleship to Christ and our love of God and neighbor and so forth. And so, you know, probably we, we know that as followers of Jesus. And so we, we try to, um, we do our best to live that way, but we get, we get drawn into the, the temptation. We get drawn into trying to, trying to reach that higher level. And it, it's tricky because the, the, the numbers matter because there's people behind those numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, a meaningful thing that we pay attention to uh, each of you who are listening into Soul Talks and wanting to have this podcast uh, bless you and your friends. And so we, we want more people to, to find it. But we don't want to live for that, and we don't want to draw our identity on that. We don't, we don't want to be measuring ourselves on that. But we don't want to go to the other extreme either and say, oh, well, numbers don't matter. I'm, I'm just not going to pay attention to any of that. I'm, I'm not going to try to uh, uh, accomplish things with and for the Lord. So it, it's a balance in here. And that's why it's so tricky, because Satan takes something that's uh, 
half good or half true and makes it ultimate. Yes. And we live, I think, Bill, in a culture that especially really holds this sense of success as being something that we we should achieve, we should attain, that we should always be going after, that that's really valuable and really important. Yeah. And so we're constantly talking with men and women in ministry who are wanting to be more effective as shepherds and as leaders. And so, you know, there's a lot of knowledge that we have and we get in books and conferences and podcasts about leadership and how to be more effective and how to be more successful. And, and basically it's good to, that we would learn these things even from uh, uh, business leaders uh, in our culture and so forth. But it sure is a slippery slope and we can get our our motivation off center. And without realizing it, we're, we're even in, in doing God's work, we end up doing it in uh, man's way. Mm-hmm. And we're not in that that easy oak of Jesus. Galatians 6 is really helpful here. I I love Paul's words to us. Uh, Beginning in verse 7, he says, You will always reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest the consequences of decay and death. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to our Christian brothers and sisters. Paul's reorienting us to what really matters. You know, he's saying, well, do good. Love Love your neighbor. Uh, seek to please God in all of your actions. And so that's uh, especially about our relationships, isn't it? It is about, like you had said, Jesus' distillation here to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, keeping that in balance that sense of loving God, self, and other can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can, we can get caught up into a lies of thinking that I've got to do all these things to be successful for God, and we can actually end up using people and burning out ourselves, and we're not doing it in that balance. Or we can do it where we're all about trying to be successful and pleasing other people, and trying to meet everybody else's needs, and we find that we're actually not not really doing that for God. We've empowered people as gods in our lives. It reminds me of the visual aid you've used uh, in speaking, Christy, when you're talking about soul care to a group of people, and you've you brought in a, a juicy uh, box of um, uh, juice and had all these straws in it. And and the illustration is that people are sucking the life out of you because if you're not setting your boundaries, and then we're we're trying to to do our, our ministry or our parenting, uh, running on empty, rather than out, out of the overflow. We need need that that pitcher flowing into the, the the juice box there, so that we're we're continually being replenished and and nourished. 
Jeremiah in the Bible is an example of someone who uh, struggled with uh, a sense of failure, and uh, he had to really be rehabilitated in this area because uh, the Lord, in a sense, called him to fail. He's the, the we know him as the weeping prophet in the Bible, and he had the very difficult task of being a prophet in Judah of Israel during the time of the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple that happened in 587 BC. And wow, what a what a difficult task to be called by the Lord to call the people to repentance and call them to, to turn back to God and trust the Lord, but they, they didn't do that, and uh, their, their sins uh, caught up with them, and uh, they, they, they lost their, their city, their, their temple, they lost their country, and they went into exile, very hard times of suffering, and uh, Jeremiah was hated by the people, and his ministry was just full of tears and grieving for all that had been lost. And that's what God called him to. He called him, in a sense, to a ministry of failing, and yet that was a great success because it was a ministry of love, a ministry of love for God and for the people, and a ministry that God used, not as much in Jeremiah's lifetime as Jeremiah would have liked to have seen, but over the years that that, that followed, for generations and generations, God has used the, the ministry of Jeremiah to call people into grief and into uh, over over our sins and over the, the wounds, wounds in our life for healing and reconciliation and rehabilitation of our lives and our, and our ministry. And so we praise God for the example of Jeremiah that he didn't uh, get swallowed up in shame uh, or even in discouragement. Uh, as he dealt with his difficult ministry. It's amazing that he didn't. I mean, just think about being called by God to fail. None of us want that. None of us want to be called by God to fail. We all want to be called by God to do some something successful, something great, something big, something wow. Our greatest ministry comes out of our greatest failure sometimes. And it's hard for us to see that and to understand that, maybe we catch it in retrospect, though, because when we have a a discouragement or we don't reach a goal or we make a mistake, we're struggling with something that's really uh, hurtful, that becomes an entry point for other people, an access point for them to connect with us, because the people in our lives also have discouragement and rejection and uh, feelings of inadequacy. And so it puts us into relationship together and it, it puts us, uh, potentially it can put us together at the cross of Jesus. We become wounded healers. Mm-hmm. And then that takes us into the true success of ministering the compassion of Christ because to one we're another. we're ministering out of the overflow. Mm-hmm. We're ministering out of how God has met us in our failure and our pain and we have something there to give. It's I'm thinking of the scripture in Corinthians that talks about, you know, praise be to God who comforts us in our sorrow, or we could say in our failures, mm-hmm. so that we can comfort others in their sorrow, or we could say in their failures. With the comfort that we have received from the Lord, from Christ, who uh, went to the cross for us and went through uh, many failures, at least outwardly so, uh, out of love for us and redeem them all into the greatest success uh, ever. Uh, 
Uh, another way into this uh, understanding that s- success is not sufficient is that uh, if you look at Jesus' parable of the talents, that's an uh, amazing teaching there, and uh, God gives each of us one or more talents, and we might be tempted to say, oh, I only have one talent. I wish I, had, I, wish I was a person with three, or I wish I was a person who had five. And sometimes when we're thinking that way, we're not realizing that, well, maybe... Maybe I have one talent in teaching or one talent in leading, and I'm comparing myself to someone who has five talents in teaching or in leading, but maybe my talents are in shepherding and in compassion. Maybe I've got five of those, and what I need to do is to realize, okay, in the wisdom and grace of God, he has gifted me in a way that's wonderful, and do I embrace that? Or, or do I maybe take for granted the gifts that I have and look at the gifts somebody else has? Well, I wish I had those, those gifts, you see? So a lot of times when we're feeling uh, like we're, uh, we're failing or we're not measuring up, it's because of these comparisons and we're not celebrating the, the gifts, the personality, the opportunities, the ministry that God has given us. And it's, it's, uh, we really need to embrace that and lean into that and find significance in that and find, uh, we need to do life in community with people who, who know our heart and know the true value of our life and our, our works of, of mercy and our works of, of love and encouragement and that they can affirm us and, and celebrate that with us, remind us of how they see God in us. Because that's, that's the true success, right? Mm-hmm. When we see Christ looking back at us in the mirror. And when yes. people who are around us, they, they meet Jesus. You know, that's what we want. It's so tempting just in the way of the world to think that, uh, you know, we need more, bigger, better, prettier, more successful, you know, all these outward metrics that be recognized and social media or whatever. And, um, but it's really, it's really about the heart and it's about, it's not about after the pastor gives his sermon uh, or her sermon, you know, to people walk out, oh, wasn't that amazing? Uh, that's not really where it's at. I, I don't want people talking about me after they've heard me speak. I want to know they're talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. We want to be given off the fragrance of our Lord. Yes. Oh, Lord, we love you. And we do just... Uh, want to recircle and remind ourselves, get back to the, the starting point, which is Jesus Christ, the starting point and the ending point. Lord, our lives are successful when they are lived in your presence. Every act that we do out of love for you, every smile, every word of encouragement, every secret prayer, every... Uh, offering of praise to you, every person that we help, every time that we use our gift to teach the word of God, everything that we do to serve you matters for all eternity and will not be forgotten. This is true success. Help us, O oh God, to keep reminding ourselves not to get on the treadmill of worldly success that hamster wheel that just goes around and around and around. We're pedaling and pedaling so fast, but we never can get there because we're always comparing ourselves to someone else. We're always trying to reach some higher number. Help us, Lord, as we look at the different 
measurements of our life uh, help us to look into the people that you have put into our life and to simply ask the question, how am I doing with overflowing with God's love to these people? How am I doing with leading people closer to Christ? And let us uh, be encouraged that there are increasing opportunities for these works of love. Let us not to be weary in doing well in this way, but to keep sowing the seeds of the word of God, the seeds of love, the seeds of prayer into the lives of the people that are around us. God, that you might be glorified, that your kingdom might be expanded. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love having you part of our Soul Shepherding family. You can stay connected to us through our weekly devotional email, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. And we appreciate you telling your friends about Soul Shepherding.